We're going to be in Ephesians 6 this morning, so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and head that way. Um, I'm so excited about what God's going to say this morning to us, so excited to be here and to, and to talk about this thing. Um, before we do that, though, I just, I just want to pray um, one more time. I'm going to pray for me because I, I don't know about you, but I need this word. Um, I, don't, I don't know where your heart is. And to be honest, I can't just on my own just speak and, and make anything change anyway. But, but I know that God can change mine. So I'm going to lean in for a moment and just pray that God will do that. And, and you do what you need to do. So, Father God, this morning, uh, I need this word. God, I need this word. God, this morning I know that I'm speaking um, physically, but God, I pray that you would be the one that would speak this morning and that Jesus this morning, I wouldn't be the speaker but the receiver. Um, God, that you would just open my heart and my eyes and my ears. Um, Jesus, that I could hear from you this morning and that I could receive from you this morning and that God, this would change me. God, I'm giving up praying for revival among other people when I know that, um, God, first, I need to be revived. God, the, that I, I can't pray that you do a mighty movement of God in somewhere else when I need the mighty movement of God in my heart. So, God, this morning, I pray for me. Um, God, I know maybe that sounds selfish, but I don't care. Um, God, I need it. So, God, you just move in me. Um, this morning, and and I want to receive. God, I love you, and I thank you. Jesus, just move in power. Holy Spirit, just move in power. I love you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Um, this morning, we're going to be in Ephesians 6, like I said a moment ago, and I'm so excited about this word this morning. I, I, to be honest, have no idea if this is a series or not a series, so we're just going to say it's a message, right, and see what God does, but what we do know is it's not the last series that we were in, and we're not sure if it's the next series we're going into, but this message God has placed in my heart, and as I, as I studied for this message, it was like, man, just such a piercing truth, um, for me, and, and I pray that that will be true for you. Um, I just feel like we cannot leave um, what we've been talking about the past few weeks without acknowledging that it's difficult, right? Like it's difficult to tell people uh, about Jesus, to go out and to, to share the gospel to those that are around us. And I know some of you maybe would argue, well, it's not really that difficult. And, and, and in the speaking aspect of it, no, it's, it's really not. The, the message is a simple message. It's a simple truth. Um, but in reality, the, the going, right, the, the boldness that the early church prayed for, um, that, that is difficult. I just want to say... Um, that's because following Jesus is difficult. It's a difficult thing to follow Jesus. If it's not a difficult thing for you, then maybe you're not. You know, maybe, maybe you should examine that. Um, it's a difficult thing to follow Jesus. That's why Jesus says things, right? Like, uh, if you're going to come up after me, you have to lay down your life, and you have to take up your cross, and you have to follow me. There, there was nothing easy about that. Right, We don't see people strung on the side of the road on crosses today, but when, when they heard this, they would have immediately known, oh, crucifixion, that's not an easy thing. I have to decide, do I want this or do I not want this? 
We've made the decision, do I want to go to church or do I want to say a prayer or do I want to maybe change some habits or some attitudes? And it's far more difficult than that. And Jesus made that clear, right? We've dumbed it down along the way somewhere and in dumbing it down, we've lost a lot of people. Not from the church, but from the kingdom. And I just want to say to you this morning, if it's difficult for you, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. See, if it wasn't difficult enough on its own, we have an adversary this morning. I just want to say that. Right? Oh, he shouldn't, shouldn't come this morning. He's going to talk about the devil. It's weird. Um, but it's true. We have an adversary this morning, and the Bible's clear, right, about this adversary. There's someone against us. And, and this morning, he's not just playing for bad days and headaches, Right? I think we've reduced his role in, in the world, and we think that somewhere along the line, like if we get the red light, oh, it's the devil, right? He's not playing for red lights and headaches. He's playing for keeps. He, he wants to kill you. He wants to steal your soul, and if he can't steal your soul, he wants to take you out. He wants to take you out of this world. That is the adversary. And can I just say, he's still in a lot of people's souls this morning by allowing them to exist inside of the unit of the church. An apathetic existence towards God, a I will show up mentality towards God, a I will sing some songs mentality towards God. And he's trying to, to, to religion you just enough that you'll miss the boat. And if he can't do that, his aim is to kill you, right? He's not just here, right, to, to mess up your next promotion. He wants to take you out. And the way he does that a lot of times is he will erode your life to such a way that you either won't want to be here or you won't be effective. And can I just say it doesn't have to be that way. Amen? Amen. Like he's not really all that powerful in, in the spiritual scheme of things. Like to us, yeah, he can mess with us. But to our Father, um, to, to Jesus, he's the serpent that's already had his head crushed. Amen. And this morning, I just want to talk about this. And I know it's weird, and, and you can shut me out if you want. Um, but I just feel impressed by God to do this this morning. And we're going to be in Ephesians 6, and we're going to talk about um, kind of the last few verses there. It starts in verse 10, and it, the super title is Christian Warfare. Hmm, it's in the Bible. It must not be that odd, right? It's not just you, maybe. Um, but in this letter, um, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, a group of people like you and me who would profess to know Jesus or people who are in the church, who are singing the songs, right, and going through the motions and doing the things. And, and he's writing this letter to those people, people who would say, I have a relationship with Jesus. And he's writing this letter largely about how to live out this new faith, this Christian life. And, and he gets to Chapter 6, verse 10, which, by the way, weren't in the letter when he was writing it. You don't write letters like that, do you? Like, here's chapter 1, let me write you some stuff. Here's chapter 2, let me write. you don't do that, and he didn't do that. Uh, it's just in here for us. But um, 
he's in the very end of the letter and he says, finally, closing thoughts, right? I'm wrapping this up. This is the end of the letter and this is where some of us might shut it off, right? But this is where some important information is held. He's kind of saved this for the end. He says, finally, um, to the church, be strengthened. Finally, be strengthened. This is what he's writing to, to these people. Can you just say there's no reason to write this if it's an abnormal thing to, to not be strong? Right? You, you don't have to come in here and pretend anymore, right? It's not abnormal. You're not the only one. It's not unusual to feel like everything's not going okay. It's not unusual to feel weak. It's not unusual to even feel maybe like you, you, you should give up, Right? Like, it, like it's not going okay right now. Like, like I don't know if I can do this right now. And I'm not just talking about like physically I, I need to give up. Maybe, maybe spiritually, right? Like some of us spiritually, and just I'm destroyed. I just can't do this. This is so hard, and I just don't know if I can go on. Or maybe emotionally, right? Like, like physically I'm good, the body's good, but my brain is not good. And emotionally I'm just not in a good spot, and I don't know if I can go on. Maybe some of us are in, in that spot. And I, I just want to say like that's not an abnormal thing, even back in... The letter of Ephesians, right? Why would you need to be strengthened if you're already strong? In the church, we've decided we've got to pretend like everything's okay all the time. And guess what? Here's Paul writing a letter about how it's not okay all the time. And he says, finally, be strengthened. Be strong. Be, 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 get strength. Receive strength. But he doesn't say just receive strength, right? Like he goes on, because that's not helpful. Where are we getting that from? And he says, be strengthened by the Lord. Not be strengthened by mom. Not be strengthened by dad. Not be strengthened by brother, sister, right? aunt, uncle, friend, foe. It's not one of those things. You ever went to somebody in your life and you like feel like it's just over and you open up to those people and you're like, oh my gosh, dude, you're just not going to believe. This is horrible. And you just spill all this stuff and they hit you back with, it'll be okay. <laughs> Great. Thank you. I'm just so strong now. They hit you back with some answer, and it's so inadequate. It's so unable to, to really do anything to, to get you up out of that moment. I've been there, right? And can I just let you in on a secret? It's because those people do not have the ability to strengthen you. It's not fair to place that on them. They can't do that. And it's okay. I'm not saying don't go tell people stuff. I think we should be more open about what's going on. But they're not going to provide any lasting strength are they? So Paul writes to the church, and he says, be strengthened not by those people, but by the Lord. Be strengthened by the Lord. And he doesn't even stop there, and he says, and by his vast strength. Love the word vast in, in this verse. Vast is an amazing word, by the way. You're going to go get that tattooed somewhere after this. Vast is an amazing word because vast is a word that means immense, immeasurable unending. Vast is a, is a word that basically says here that God has vast, immeasurable, unending strength. Isn't that amazing? That our God has immeasurable strength, that you cannot even begin to wrap words around how much strength he has because he has so much strength. It's like taking a thimble to the ocean and trying to capture the whole thing. You cannot do it in words. And he says, this is our God. 
He's writing this letter to a group of people that do not have it all together, right? Who Some of them feel like giving up and just walking away and like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm struggling to the point of I'm done. And he says, hey, I just want to, before we we get out of this letter, before I stop, I just want to encourage you for a moment. I just want to tell you, my brothers, be strengthened by the Lord. Be strengthened by the Lord. Be given strength by the Lord. Because he has immeasurable strength. Amen. No? Okay. Um, See, here's the thing that's amazing about that to me. Paul is here saying that we have access to immeasurable strength. Oh, you feel like everything's not together. That's great. You have access to immeasurable strength. Oh, I feel like everything's falling apart and I need to give up. Well, let me just throw some good news in the bucket today. You have access to immeasurable strength. You feel like it's over? It's not over. You have access to immeasurable strength. You feel like it's done? It's not done. You have access today to immeasurable strength, church. You have access to that strength, the strength that does not run out. It's not dependent upon your strength today. It's dependent upon his strength today, and you have access to that. That's amazing to me. You, you can say, oh, I've got it all together. I don't need a measurable strength, Brad. I don't, I, you, don't, you don't know. It's, it's good at home. It's good everywhere. It's good spiritually. I've, just, I've got this, and amen for you, but I need strength that's greater than my strength. Amen. Right? I've tried my strength. My strength does not, it's not immeasurable. It doesn't go very far, actually. I've tried doing the thing with me. It doesn't do very much for very long. I just want to know that. I expend my strength quickly, but I'm glad today that I have access to a greater strength. Now, here's, here's where some of us are. Some of us don't know that we need the strength, which, amen, I'm glad everything's going okay for you. And then some of us today have been wallowing around in, in, in defeat for a really long time, and we just don't feel like that's true. I, I don't know about that. I've tried the Jesus thing, right? It's going on in some of your heads. I don't, I don't know about that. I've, I've been to the church thing, and I've sang the church songs, and I've did the church life, and I just, I don't know about that. So if that's true, how am I getting that strength? How, how does that work? Because I've not been there yet. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, I'd go to church and feel defeated, right? I said the prayer and feel like I can't do this. And I would say, you're in good company. Why would you write this letter if you weren't? But here's the question today. Where do we look for our strength, right? Who, who, we, who we going to for our strength? Who we, who we trying to access to get some of this power? Because if, if I'm sure about anything, it's in my life. Usually it's me and then somebody else, right? And he gives us right after this, well, you want access to that strength? Well, let me just show you about that strength. And he starts in verse 11, and he says, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Step number one, right? You want the access to the strength. Here is the access to the strength. Put on the full armor of God. I love that because he doesn't say put on half the armor of God, does he? Put on the parts you like of the armor of God or put on the parts you're comfortable with of the armor of God or, hey, you know what? When something starts going crazy, why don't you start looking for the armor of God? Like he says, put on today, right now, this tense, no matter what today looks like, put on the full armor of God. 
Why do, I, why do I need armor? Why, do, why does he use that word? Well, because we are in a battle today. Amen. Right? You, you can say that. I don't care if you believe that. That's the truth of the Bible. We are in a battle today. And life may be great today, or it may be horrible today. Either way, you're in a battle today. And you maybe are taking a rest over in the tent somewhere, but I'm just letting you know, like, there is a battle rolling your way. There is somebody out to get you, right? There, there is an enemy, there's an adversary, and he's coming your way, and you're in a battle. You, you don't need armor if you're not. I'm not in a battle, right? Well, I mean, it feels like it sometimes, but I work at a middle school. I don't put on armor <laughs> before I go to work. I probably should some days, but I don't do that. Um, because that's not the appropriate place, right, for armor. It's like, you'd look like an idiot walking in there. Oh, the paper wads are going to get me. I need <laughs> chain mail. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not, not an appropriate place for armor. But if I'm going to war, the first thing I need is some armor, right? Yep. You've ever been a soldier, you know that, right? You're going to get people shooting at you. You're going to put something on that's maybe going to stop some of that. So... Already, by just the beginning of the verse, what we know for certainty is today we are in a battle and God has provided protection for the battle. It says put on the armor of God. And here's the reason why we got to put on the armor so that we can stand against the tactics of the devil. Not the tactics of your boss, not the tactics of your spouse, not the tactics of that person next to you in the cubicle that hates you. Not those tactics, but the tactics of the devil. See, in in reality today, there is an enemy. And that enemy, he has tactics. Tactics is just a word that means plans. The devil has plans for your life. Just as certain as God has a plan for your life, the enemy, the devil, has a plan for your life. I don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe the verse, which means you don't believe the Bible. Have a great day, right? Like, that's in there. It says, put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics or the plans of the devil. Reality for you today, there is an enemy that has a plan for your life. There are two plans going on for your life right now. Maybe three if yours is not matching up with one of these. But there are two plans for your life today. God has a plan for your life. It is a beautiful and good plan, and it walks straight through a battle, right? But it walks through the battle like you do come out on the other side it's gonna go through a war but you will pop out on the other side standing with the one who wins the war which is jesus right we already know we've read the end of the book but there's another guy who has a plan for your life and that's the devil and his plan for your life is to kill you He's not playing like for, for low stakes. He's not trying to get your money. He's not trying to get your car. He's not trying to get your house. He's not worried about those things. He will actually give you those things sometimes, right? Like, I will give you a big house. You know why? Because if I give you the big house, you don't need God. I will give you a nice car. You know why? Because if I give you a nice car, you'll turn away from God. I will give you money. You know why? Because if I give you money, you will turn away from God, right? Like he's not out for our stuff. He's out for our soul. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm just going to let you know, he's already winning the battle. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to die right there on the battlefield. But I went to church. Doesn't really matter on the battlefield, right? 
but I read the Bible one time. Doesn't really matter on the battlefield. I listen to Christian music. That's great. Doesn't really matter, matter on, I can't talk today, matter on the battlefield. It doesn't work that way. He's not out for your stuff. He's out for your soul. And if you don't know Jesus, you're already defeated, right? You're not going to die. You're dead. Reality. But let me just tell you, if you know Jesus, he doesn't just quit fighting you that day. Nah, I'll just leave them alone. I just lost that one. Like, <laughs> that's not how that works, right? If he can't have your soul, he's out to destroy your life. He's out to take and to kill and to, and to make you a hand grenade so that maybe he can't have your soul, but if he can blow you up, he can damage everything and everyone around you. That's his plan for you. He wants to degrade you and destroy you until you leave this place. That's his plan. It's not about the traffic light being the wrong color. You're like, that's not revival message this morning, Brad. No, but it might be. It might be. Because somewhere along the line, we've decided, oh, we don't talk about this stuff. We don't really like this stuff. And we don't. But what we've done is we've lost dependence on God. Right? All the devil's just that little dude with the little red horns and little red tail running around in a little red jumpsuit. And he's not that big of a deal. And I just want you to know today, he's trying to kill you. Right? There's another verse in there about him. He's roaming around like a raving, roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. That's not a traffic light kind of deal or a bad day kind of deal. He's trying to kill you. And it's a serious thing. And until we get to that point, that moment, we will never be serious about the battle. You can't fight a battle you don't know you're in. And it says that we are given this armor of God. We can put on, we have access to the vast strength of the Lord. And how that happens is we put on the armor of God so we can stand or remain or continue or resist. So we can stand against the plans of the devil. This is in 12, just for you guys that are confused still. For our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our problems are not against the people around us. Right? All of our problems actually have a deeper, more spiritual root, and that's somebody, maybe us, maybe them, has an issue on where they're standing with God. And you're like, I don't believe that. Every fight you get in comes from sin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody's being selfish, somebody's being vain, somebody wants something or seeks something that, that really we're not really able to find in those people. We're making life about us when we do that, right? That, that's where the eruptions come from. You're like, I, I, I don't know about that. It's true, right? That's the origin of it. That's the heart of it. He says, Here's, our, our battle's not against flesh and blood, so if you're mad at somebody, uh, get over it, right? Oh, they, they hurt me. I know that's real, and I know that's hard, but right, like God forgave you, and, and you helped nail him to a cross. So I feel like we can get over our petty stuff. 
It says our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evils in the heavens. He says, here's the battle, right? Like we're seeing the side effects of the battle, but the battle's really one of these kind of battles, not one of these kind of battles. And he says in 13, this is why you must take up the full armor of God because it's a serious battle. Man, if it was only an argument with a spouse, right? If that was the deal today, if it was only an argument with a spouse, that would be great. It's, a, it's an eternal spiritual battle. It's not an argument with a spouse. If it was only a problem at work, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not. It's the devil trying to kill you or somebody else. That's the issue. This is the battle that we're in. And we're engaged in friendly fire all the time. This is, this is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able, so that it's even possible, right, to resist in the evil day. Not some day coming far off in the future, but when it gets tough. Why, why would you write this 2,000 years ago to a group of people that would never see the end and be talking about the end? doesn't make sense does it the evil day for some of you is right now today right like you're barely here you limped in here because everything's imploding around you and you're just struggling trying to get some hope from somewhere and today is the evil day for you for some of you today is sunshine and rainbows but the evil day's coming tomorrow maybe or the next day or the next day and what he's saying is don't wait till the evil day to put on the armor you're in a battle today put on the armor today so that when the battle happens you may be able to resist having prepared ahead of time everything to take your stand. This is the goal. Your goal is not with a sword to charge through the middle of the battle and win the battle. The battle is going to be won and already has been won by Jesus. Your job is to stand. Your job is to remain, right? Like there's a whole thing Jesus preaches on about that. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. I don't know how many times he says it. Your job is to remain. Your job is not to win. The winning has already happened. I'm a victor because he is a victor. I just have to make it till the end is what it's saying. So that you can remain. What's the biggest problem in the church today? People taking off when it gets hard right? What do you do the first time something implodes in your life? I just don't, I don't have time for church right now. I just, I'm so mad at God. I can't be here right now. Like that's us. Let's be honest. Right? I just can't do this. You, you're never meant to do this. I just can never get ahead. You weren't meant to get ahead. I can't win. You weren't meant to win. You are meant to stand, to remain, to resist, to plant your feet firmly, and to take the hits, right? I don't like that. It's the deal. You don't have to like it. It's the deal. And he says, stand, therefore, right? The goal is to stand, so Stand. Stand, therefore. Remain, therefore. Be planted, therefore. Stand, therefore. And then he starts listing this armor, right? Thank God, because what is the armor of God, right? 
Do you get that in your closet when you say that prayer? Did that like pop up somewhere? Like, did you get like a little Narnia room in your house? And you're like, you walk in here and get the armor of God and put that stuff on. I didn't get that. So if you got that, I'm going to pray again. Because that'd be cool. I'd deal with that. That'd be awesome. Uh, I don't have that, but I wish I had that. But he explains to us what the armor of God is. Thank you, Paul, for making it easy for us who do not know. And he says, here's the first piece. With truth like a belt around your waist. With truth like a belt around your waist. That's what I think of, right, when I think of armor. Let me get just a real nice protective belt. Thank you, Lord. Right? What are you talking about, Paul? Like, I, was, I want some chain mail. Like, where, where's that? That's my stuff. He's like, nope, you got to start with a belt. Okay, thank you, Paul. And it says it's a belt of truth. And this, this could be a couple things. Um, one is it could be the truth. It is God's word, right? Like, we need a belt of the truth of God's word. It could be that. I'm not going to argue that this morning. Um, so if you think that, think that. But in John, I think, 14, Jesus says something amazing. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life that's what jesus says about himself and you know you're like maybe this piece of armor is is jesus like right like that's a good starting place calls jesus the cornerstone several times in the bible like the the foundational point the the starting place maybe maybe it's a good starting place with truth like jesus like a belt but then you're like well why would you give jesus such a stupid piece of armor like jesus should be like the helmet or like the full body suit of awesome like that should be jesus but it says here that with truth like a belt but then you start thinking about what a belt is right like what does a belt do because all these all these pieces have functions if you look at it without the function you're not looking at the picture here Uh, there's it's not just let me pick armor because that sounds like a good thing like pick an outfit it doesn't it doesn't matter there's there's a function behind all these things and what does a belt do well a belt holds things in place right like, I, I wear a belt because I like my pants to be here. Some of you don't because you like your pants to be here. And I'm not knocking that. That's you. Um, but, but I wear one because I want my pants to stay here. And if I don't have a belt, I feel weird because I like my pants, my pants to be planted, right? Like where they're supposed to be. I enjoy that. Um, I just like that. A belt holds everything in place. It holds everything together. It has a function. So, so maybe what he's saying, maybe, is that, is that without this piece, without this critical piece, right, like with, without the belt that is Jesus, you cannot hold the armor together. It doesn't matter if you assemble pieces of the armor. If first you do not start with this foundational point, this piece that holds all the rest of the armor together, which is Jesus. And can, can I just say, that's true today, right? I put on the armor of coming to church today. Well, brother, you're wearing a pizza box to a battle. (laughs) Without this piece, right, the rest of the armor will not stay in place. It will not hold together. You could assemble the rest of these things, maybe even some of them on your own, but without Jesus, it's nothing. He says, so first, if you're going to stand, you've got to stand in the right spot with the right piece of the right equipment, and that piece is Jesus. You can't do anything else on the list without him. And then he says, with, with righteousness like armor on your chest. Here's, here's the second piece. After we have Jesus, here's piece number two, righteousness. 
No, we, we just sang a song about how Jesus is our one defense and our righteousness, and there's several places in the Bible that it talks about our righteousness, our real righteousness, our true righteousness, and, and that's just being declared morally right and good, that we are moral people, right? Like, that's false. Or we're good people, that's false. But, but that our righteousness, thank the Lord, is from God. We receive that at salvation. At the moment we give our life to Jesus, he declares us good. I don't know why, I don't know how, but he does that, right? Like he died for our sins. He took our sins and and what we got in the exchange was righteousness. That's beautiful, right? Like he got filth and we got gold. That's how that worked. But I do not believe, and I'm just going to say this, it's not popular, but I don't care. I do not believe the righteousness that he's talking about here is purely I'm good because God says I'm good. That's a cop out. That's what people say when they don't want to actually follow Jesus. I'll continue to live in sin because all my righteousness comes from God. Don't judge me. Right? You don't worry about what I do because I'm good. Jesus says I'm good. And, And maybe you are, but he also says you can call a tree by what it is. And if you're growing oranges, you're not an apple tree. So you continue to live in sin. And I'm going to continue to say you're probably not saved. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about that after we say this prayer and and thank the Lord, he declares us morally right and good because on my own, I would never have enough good works and good deeds to get to heaven because I'm still going to mess up every day. But I think what he's saying is here, you cannot take the cop out of, I'll continue to live the way that I lived and you can't judge me because all my righteousness is from him. I think what he's saying here is after we come to know Jesus, that there is a desire in us to please him. And that that desire says, you know what? You can't live in sin anymore. So the righteousness, I believe, could be wrong. I don't think I am. He's talking about here is you cannot continue to live in sin if you want to fight this battle. You want to fight this battle, you can't do it with armor of filthy rags. You got to start putting on some good stuff. You've you got to start changing ways. You've got to start living outside of sin. See, the reality is God gives us righteousness, but in that moment, he gives us the ability to live above where we used to live. Yeah. And can I just say, when the devil comes to attack Christians, a lot of times what he's using is the tool of sin. You know what he's using to degrade and destroy churches and lives today? Sin. Yeah. Right? I'm not knocking these guys. I love these guys. And these guys are just like me. I'm no better. I'm no worse. But how many preachers have been taken out with sin? Right? You don't knock them either because you're just as bad. We want to jump on them. That's sin too. Right? Like when did that become your job? Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I left my church to do that. What verse did you find that? (laughs) Don't you judge me, but I'm going to judge you. Where did you find that? But he says, here, if you want to survive the battle, if you want to continue in this, then you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to start living above. You've got to start trying to get up out of some of that. Because the devil is going to use it to kill you. You're, you're going to, don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me all the way to death. 
Why, why does he say a breastplate? Like what, what, that's a pretty important piece of the armor, right? Because everything keeping you alive other than this is found here. All the vital organs right here, right? Like I get shot in the leg, that's a bad day, but it's not a, it's not a death sentence. Heart, lungs, all that stuff in here. Something takes a hit in here and I'm done for. And what do we say? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You're leaving yourself exposed to death and, and, and destruction because you don't want to change anything about the way you live. And I'm pointing at me. He says, you, you want to you make it through the battle. You want to stand. You want to resist. You want to make it to the end. Here's, here's the peace, right? Like You start with Jesus. You put that on because it's going to hold everything else in place. Try getting righteousness without him, actually. But then, how about you start covering up and, and protecting yourself with, with, like with a different life? This is in 15, and feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. What do feet do? They carry things, right? Like they carry your body as you go. And the gospel of peace is this message that we have peace between man and God that because of Jesus, right? Like he came, he died, he took our sin, shame, and guilt, and wrath to set us free to live, to forgive us so that we could be with God. It's a good message, right? God used to want to destroy us because Jesus took our destruction. God said we could come to him. It's a, it's a good message. It's a message the angels preached in Luke 2, right? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And he says that the third piece of the armor is these sandals on our feet that, 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 that are the gospel of peace that we, that we should, as part of the armor, put on, right? This idea that we are meant to carry the gospel message of peace. It's part of the armor, right? And I'm not getting many amens. We're not going to do that. I can already tell. Um, but, but it's true that we were meant to be the vessels that carried the message that God has come to forgive man so we can be with God, right? Like, that's what we're here for. That's why God left the church on this planet. That's why when we say that prayer, we don't just beam on up because we, we have a job here. There's a purpose to be here. And you're like, well, I mean, I don't really need that. Sandals, they're a pretty lame piece of the armor anyway. Like, I'd rather be barefoot. I'm from East Tennessee. I'll just, I'll just do the other stuff, and I'll leave the sandals off. But he says, put on the full armor of God. That's like part number one. And two, you're going to quit moving when something starts hurting your feet, right? You ever, like, took your shoes off and walked across, like, a rock gravel driveway? No, it's not fun, right? Like, I, I used to do that all the time. It's not fun, but when you're trying to get to the other side, you don't want to wear shoes. It's just something you do. Like, but if somebody's trying to get you to quit moving, what are they going to do? They're going to attack the feet, like, right? Like, they're, they're going to put stuff there where, where you won't walk. And the truth of it is, is as a church and as a people, we're not going anywhere until we decide that it's time to put on this message of the gospel of peace, right? I want the church to grow. Do something about it. I want to see people saved. Do something about it, Right? When did that become one person's job in the front of the room? When did that, when did that get all passed to, to the preacher? I'm not sure because the Bible never says that, right? Like, actually, that's not my role. It's my role by default, right? It's my role out there, but it's not my role in here. My role in here is to preach things like this. Because our role out there, our role out there is to carry the message of the gospel of peace. 
Not that we're never going to talk about the gospel in here, but this is not the main point of salvation on planet Earth. This is not the only place it can happen or should happen. But the church has ceased moving, right? The church has ceased growing. The church is in the newspapers defeated and, and being killed today because the church has ceased going. And it's because this piece of the armor, we're like, I'll put on righteousness, like, I'll do that. There's churches that build on righteousness. Like, if you do something bad, I'm going to pull you up in front of the church, and I'm going to blast you in front of everybody and do the church discipline thing. That's wrong, by the way. Church discipline is right. I'm not saying it isn't, but that's not step number one. Private sins can be dealt with in private. That's how that works. But, But we've quit doing anything. That's because we didn't put this on. He says, in every situation, take the shield of faith. The shield, by the way, is the only thing that stops attacks out here, right? Every other attack has to hit you to be stopped, right? But you have a shield, thank the Lord, because attacks are not fun. You have a shield right, where you can block some of that stuff before it gets to you. Shields are amazing things. And he says that you, you have the shield, part of the armor is the shield of faith. Faith, <laughs> faith is the only thing that can stop the attacks here before they get here, is what he's saying. Attacks are going to come. They're, they're going to come. That's just part of the deal. It's part of the game. Attacks are coming towards you. You're, you're going to feel those, and, and some of them are going to get through. But you do have an opportunity to kind of block some of those out here, and it's faith. And not, what he's not talking about here is purely just faith in Jesus, Right? Like, I believe Jesus. I believe everything Jesus says. I could take you through the Bible and even the verses that I don't understand. I'd be like, well, when we figure it out, I'm going to believe that. I believe that because it's in there. Right? Like, I believe this book was spoken by God and written by men. Uh, and I believe everything from, from first page to last page. And, and there's not any, any discrepancy or error in this book. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that God left heaven, came down here, put on flesh, and lived for 33 and a half years of perfect life, died on a cross for you and for me, and that that was enough to pay for every bad thing that I've ever done. I believe that when Jesus died, he took my sin and my shame, so I don't have to bear the penalty for that, right? Like, even if I'm going to heaven, there's no punishment room in heaven for that. Like, Jesus took all that, and the only thing I have to do is believe in him. I don't, I don't have to go and, and say 14 Hail Marys, and I don't have to go and do all these good deeds. I don't have to do those things. Like, belief is enough. And, and when I say faith, like, that's part of it. But I think faith is also a, a bigger thing. It's a day-to-day faith, Right? Like, not a, always a, a Jesus is Jesus faith, but some of it's just a, I believe that God is who he says he is, and he does what he says he does. And when God says that there are better days coming, I believe that God says there are better days coming. When God says that he's bigger than death, I believe that God is bigger than death. When, when God says that, that, that we're going to go through struggles and we're going to go through trials, but on the other side of that, we're going to come out and we're going to be with him, I believe that. Right? And that is the shield, right, that blocks those things that are coming at us. Right? Like faith, faith is a gift. Life is pretty junky right now. But I believe that God's still in control. I can block some of that, right? My life seems to be falling apart right now, but I believe that it's all in Jesus' hands. I, I can block some of that. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean I'm not taking the hits. Like somebody's beating on your arm with an axe. It doesn't matter how big a piece of metal is there. You're still feeling the blows, right? 
but it's softening them. And that is, that is the faith it's speaking of, this faith that days are getting better and there's nothing anybody or anything can do to me that can pull me out of the hand of God. If the devil takes my life, I will be in heaven with Jesus. And that's not the worst thing, it's the best thing. That's the faith he's speaking of here. And he says, in every situation, take the shield of faith. Some of you feel like you're getting run over by a freight train. Well, have you lost that? Just getting wailed on every day, and I feel like my life's being destroyed, and there's nothing I can do about it. Have you lost that? That the days will get better, right? Maybe not here, but they will there. I mean, I believe God for better days here, but I really believe Him for better days there. And he says, with that faith, with that shield of faith that goes in every situation with that, uh, we will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. I, I don't know about you, but if you're a dude standing there in armor and you got a shield, flaming arrows are kind of not a fun part of the adventure, right? <laughs> I got a shield, and I got some armor, and you're way over there, and I can't really hit you, but you can hit me. That's not fun. And flaming arrows are worse. Right? Like Arrows are bad enough, but now we lit them on fire. Now they're not only like dangerous, but they're scary. Like That's not a good day. But it says with faith, we have this ability right, to extinguish some of those blows. Can, can I just be honest with you? The devil, if he can't kill you, wants to steal your faith. So he'll stand there, and he'll launch arrows all day, right? Like, uh, look at that fool. Bam, bam, bam. Is it hurt yet? Bam, bam. I got more. Don't worry. Bam, bam. Let me, let me make this worse for you today. Bam, bam, bam. Hey, your car's going to stop now. Bam. Hey, let me, let me make somebody yell at you today. Bam. Hey, let me make your boss mad at you today. Bam. Because what he's trying to do is he's trying to make everything cave in and pile up so that you feel like, man, it's not going to get any better. Because if he can take your faith, man, he can walk right up and just hit you all day long. If he can get through the shield, right? Like if he, I'm going to drop the shield. I'm just, I can't carry it anymore. Can't do this anymore. If he can take the faith, he can just well on you all day long. But faith, the amazing thing about faith is faith works even when it doesn't make sense. Right? Like faith's not like a, when everything looks great, I have my shield. That's not faith. That's, it's sunny, and I don't need armor today. <laughs> Faith is when everything's coming against me, I believe, right? In, in full opposition, when, when none of this makes sense, I believe that what God says is true, and that there are better days. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Everything seems like it's falling apart, but I believe that God is holding it all together. So I'm just going to stand here. And he's going to shoot, and I'm going to say... I mean, that stinks, but God has this. Man, that hurts. It just keeps coming. It's, man, I just, I just feel like it's not getting any better, but I believe that it will get better. Man, I've <laughs> been in this for a month now or a year now, and I'm getting tired. But I believe that even if he takes me out of this place, like I'm going to be with Jesus, so I'm just going to stand here, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to take it till I can't take it anymore, and then I'm just going to 
just trust that Jesus has it. That's the faith he's talking about. This is in 17, take the helmet of salvation. You ever played Call of Duty, you know that the helmet's important, right? Headshots take you out. (laughs) It's a church word, right? But I think most of us know what it means. It's that we have a relationship with God, not that we said a prayer sometime, but that God's actively working and moving in our lives. That's salvation, right? It's not a it happened back there thing. It's a it's happening today thing. I believe that God is saving me right now. Like, I'm in the middle of this battle, and I know he wins this battle, but I believe he's coming for me. I'm just going to stand here with my shield. Just put the helmet of salvation on, because without it, you're dead, right? Put on all the rest of the armor. You don't know Jesus, you're a goner. And then he says, in the sword of the Spirit, it's like our only weapon, right? I'm getting no cool flaming bow and arrow. A shield and a sword. You know when the sword's helpful? When he gets close enough that he doesn't use the arrows anymore. Tired of shooting arrows, so I'm stepping up into your business and I'm just going to wail on you. It's fine. I got this. I'm going to hit back. I've got the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. Only weapon to attack back with, right? Everything else is stand and get hit, stand and get hit, stand and get hit, stand and get hit, stand and get hit. And he's like, but I'll give you something to fight back. But your only two options are you have to let him get close enough to hit you with it or you have to go over there where he is, right? You know, take the battle to him or he can bring the battle to you. Either one, you're in the battle, right? And that sword, that weapon is the word of God. I'm going to be honest, and for some of you it's going to sound harsh, but I'm not trying to be. The reason some of us get beat on and beat on and beat on and beat on is because we let it happen. Because he's already shot enough arrows, right, to break the shield. And now he's coming in and he's just wailing on us, trying to get through the righteousness or trying to slice through the belt or trying to flip the shoes. We didn't put the shoes on, let's be honest. Um, Trying to beat down on the helmet, just putting as many dents in our armor as he can. And we don't have a sword, because we never picked it up. You, you please don't raise your hand because I think that this would be bad, but how many of you read this this week? Not heard somebody read it to you or came to church and somebody read it to you or listened to a podcast about somebody reading it to you, but like how many of you picked it up this week? Like and opened it. Not just, I moved it from my house to church this morning. (laughs) And then not just opened it, right? Because I can play that game. And everybody thinks I read. Leave it on my desk at work. It's been on Matthew 6 for 
three months, but nobody knows. <laughs> Not, I saw it in an Instagram post where somebody else read it, and then they reduced it to six words and put it on a graphic. But like, I picked it up and I read it. See, it's really hard to take up the shield of faith if you don't even know what you have faith in. Right? It's really hard to put on the breastplate of righteousness if you don't even know what God's definition of righteousness is because it's not the same as the world's. Maybe you're fighting a battle with a helmet and a belt. And you're wondering why it hurts so bad. And you wish you could fight back, but you don't have anything to do it with. And maybe for those of us, that's us today, God's saying, well, if you don't want to feel like you're destroyed and you're beaten and you want to be strengthened, step A is I gave you a sword, right? Some of you got a whole armory of swords at your house in every language and every version, right? Some of them got pictures, some don't. Some have notes in the margins, some don't. Some have people's opinions at the bottom, some don't. Like we've got 14, 15 of them laying around the house and all of them are covered with dust or in a closet or under the bed or on the nightstand. We're not even sure which version it is or couldn't tell you what color it is, couldn't tell you what time we read it last. No wonder, right? Like No wonder it feels like we're being beat to death. Man, resisting is awesome. I would love to resist. I want to stand in the spot, and I want to be here like when he comes back or when I leave this place. I want to do that. I don't want to run from church. I don't want to run from God's people, and I certainly don't want to run from God. I don't want to do that. But I also don't want to just take hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit for the next 30 years, 40 years, 30 minutes, right? At some point in time, I would like to hit back, right? Like, if he's going to cause me all this trouble, I want to cause him some trouble. Like, if he's going to come and he's going to fight me, I, I want to fight him. And God's given me all the equipment to do it. Right? Like, there are places on the planet that they can't get these, but it's not here. You know, that there are people on the planet that they don't even have this translated into their language. They couldn't read it if you gave them one. But that's not true for you. You know that a couple hundred years ago, there were people all over Europe dying to read this. Not like had a hunger to read it, but literally if they read it, the church would kill them. And they would die. Go read Fox Books and Mar- Book of Martyrs, right? Like, there, there were people who uh, the church w- would take. You can't understand the Word of God. You can't read it for yourself. And, and if they wouldn't renounce their belief that they could read it, they would take them and they would burn them at the stake. Sometimes attached to them would be a bag of gunpowder. If you don't do it, we're going to burn you. If you don't do it, we're going to burn you. Load up the firewood. If you don't do it, we're going to burn you. Strike the match. If you don't do it, we're going to burn you. Throw it in. If you don't do it, we're going to burn you. And they would, I'm, I'm never putting this down. So burn me. And now a lot of us would die if we had to. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't mean to be harsh, and I didn't really mean to even talk about that to the extent that I did, but maybe today God's trying to tell some of us, hey, you know why you're so miserable? It's because you never picked up my word. You, you don't know anything about me. <laughs> you're so worried about being in the battle, and I've given you a way to get through the battle, and you, you never really worried about it. Maybe for some of us, we read the Word, and, and what we've got from that is, you can't judge me, you can't judge me, you can't judge me, right? Like, my righteousness is from God, which, amen, hallelujah, that's true, but He didn't mean for us to live in sin, did He? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? And then He follows that up in a different book with, I'm holy, my people should be. That's not a you-can't-judge-me attitude, is it? That's a, I'm screwed up, and I just don't want to admit it, because I'd rather live this way than live His way. And can I just say, you're defining what's good and evil, and that's the original sin back in the garden, isn't it? And you're going to die because of it. It'll take us all if we let it. Some of you, um, man, I've been in church, I've been in church, I've been in church, uh, I'm doing the church thing, I'm doing it my own way, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming to church, I'm reading the Bible and changing my radio station, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You just want to do it your own way. And can I just say, um, you can do the, I'm a morally right and good person, but at the end of the day, you're going to die and you're going to be in hell because it's going to be filled with morally right and good people that went to church, that said a prayer, and it never meant a bit of it. Put on the helmet of salvation, right? put on the belt of truth of Jesus, right? And this is for all of us. I want to see the church grow. I want to see the church grow. I want to see God do something amazing. I want to see a mighty movement of God while he's waiting on your feet. See, it's, it's not actually real if you, you say you want it, but then you have access to it and you don't take it, is it? Like, I want water. It's right there. How bad do I want it if I won't take it? Not very. I want to see the church grow. You have access to that. We, we could double this thing next week. We could triple it the next week. We could, you know. I want to see people saved. Do you know the gospel? Do you? You have access to it. How bad do you want to see people saved if you're not willing to be part of the process? All, all I'm saying today is it's a serious game, right? It's a serious thing. We've made it a not serious thing um, because we have decided that all the devil does is make our days bad. But really, he's out to destroy. He's out to kill. And that's you. And if he can't kill you, he'll settle for all of them. Consolation prize. He'll kill everybody you know. He'll kill your family, right? He'll kill your friends. He'll kill your acquaintances. And if he can't have your soul and he can have theirs, he'll take them. But it doesn't have to be that way. See what Paul writes to those that are worn out and those that are weary and those that don't know how and those that want but they don't take. What he, what he writes to all those people is be strengthened by the limitless strength of the Lord. 
Put on the full armor of God. You have access to the strength because you have access to the armor. Amen. <laughs> you have access to the strength because you have access to the armor. And today, you can stand. I'm, sa I'm saying that to those of you who feel like it's all over for you. No, it's not. Today, you can stand. I, I feel like everything around me is crumbling. Today, you can stand. I feel like life is over and it's not going to get any better. Today, you can stand. You can resist. You can remain. You can get all the way through from the beginning to the end. And all you need to do is take access to what God has given you. The full armor of God. Not part, not some, not a little, but all. And there's enough to go around. <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Let's pray.